Hi guys, welcome to episode 39 of Honestly Unbalanced and actually this is our one year podcast anniversary. So we thought we'd do something a little bit different and actually it's me and Adam being interviewed this time by one of our previous guests, Niraj Shah, who's a well-being speaker and entrepreneur and such an awesome guy. We loved recording this episode actually, um, it's all about us. <laughs> it's about how we met, our first date, what we think makes a good relationship navigating being together 24-7 and finding space, uh, coping with certain things that we've struggled with over lockdown as well. Um, so sharing a little bit of our story, our move from London to Surrey and all sorts of things. So we really hope you enjoy it and get to know us a little bit better in this episode. And as always, if you do enjoy it, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us to go up in the ratings and share the share the love. Thank you so much, guys. Also, I'm so excited to let you know that I'm actually releasing my debut single this Saturday, the 20th of March. It's called Moment with the Sun. And to launch it, I'm running an online event. It's seven till nine on the 20th of March, which is a Saturday evening, the spring equinox. And it's going to involve a little bit of an inspirational talk by me. So I'll be sharing my story, my struggles, how I've got to where I am now, how I wrote the song, and then we'll do a little bit of guided meditation, a beautiful guided meditation into a sound journey, a really long one with alchemy crystal singing bowls, all sorts of beautiful instruments. And of course, I'll be singing my debut single as well to you. So if you're interested and you want to come along, just head to www.hollyhustler.com forward slash links and you'll be able to book there. And also, I'm running a little competition. So if you pre-save my single on Spotify, then you'll be entered into a prize draw to win a a private free sound healing session with me so again you can find all of that information and save it on pre uh, on spotify if you go to hollyhustler.com forward slash links i really appreciate your support and i'd love to know what you think as well of the song when it comes out thanks so much everyone and enjoy the episode and also here's a little clip of my single for you to enjoy Adam Holly, it's really good to catch up, especially in this format. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know both of your origin stories, and I think they're, they're really out there in terms of what you guys have been up to. But what I don't know is how you met, or if you've told me, I obviously, obviously wasn't listening, <laughs> or maybe it's not that good a story, but it'd be really good to get a sense of how you met. And let's delve into that a little bit. Who wants to go? Holly, you far away. <laughs> I knew he was going to put it on me. How did we meet? Oh, okay, so one of my friends that I did my yoga teacher training with, um, she was just circulating all the London yoga teachers and she messaged me one day and said, oh, there's this guy, Adam Hustler. I go to his class on Tuesdays. It's always packed. It was at Indaba at the time. Tuesdays at Indaba, that was a legendary class. I used yeah, to go there. did you? I, I think it's... I think it's become a bit, and, and Adam can verify this, but I think it's become a bit like Woodstock now. Everyone claims they were there, but <laughs> the amount of people who claim they were at that class can't possibly have been there. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> oh, maybe I bumped into you there one time then, but oh, I love that studio. Anyway, that yeah, aside, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous. Um, and that's exactly what I thought about Adam as well, actually. It's so cheesy. But basically, I just I stalked him a little bit before the class. I just thought, is this going to be worth my while? And <laughs> not that I go to teachers' classes for that reason. But I just thought, you know, I have a look at the teacher before. And I had a look at him on Instagram and um, liked what I saw. Um, I'd been single for about a year and a half, which actually had been an absolute dream because... I've just been in the habit my whole life of having kind of boyfriend after boyfriend without much of a break in between. So I wasn't I wasn't looking to meet anyone at all. In fact, the opposite. I was just like kind of coming out of the other end of um, feeling like, uh, you know, I was on my own for a while. And oh, it's quite hard being without someone. Then all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, I'm free. This is amazing. So I really wasn't looking to kind of go into a relationship. Um, 
but anyway, I rocked up to his class and I remember that day my hair was a bit greasy and I, but I just chucked on my like favorite leopard print leggings trying to make myself look a little bit nicer. Um, we went in the front row and Adam was teaching and I think I fell over like in the first five minutes. And you know, when you turn up to a class and it's just not your day to do a yoga class and you're just sort of all over the place and, um, but yeah, that's where we met. And I got I got a very good impression of, of Mr. Hustler there. And I think actually he came and adjusted me at one point, which is quite unlike Adam in but class. But not very rare. But no, yes, very rare. I know. At the time I did. At the time uh, I was kind okay. of into it. It wasn't like I just got a bit pervy and grabbed Holly because I fancied her. Like I, 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 at the time I was adjusting. That, that was how many years ago? Now five? Adjusting. Five years ago? Or four? No, I think we've, we've nearly been together four years next month. So it would actually... Six years ago. What? It probably was exactly four years ago, around today, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. There we go. There hmm. we go. But Interesting. yes, that's that's how we first met at a yoga class. Quite cliche, isn't it? But there was no, I don't think we ever, like Holly said she didn't like the look of me. As in, like the look of me, Did but I? you thought I was arrogant. Yeah, I, well, do you know what? I wasn't going to say that because I didn't want to be mean. But yes, that was my initial impression. But that's on Instagram. Do you mean, do you, mean you just had an arrogant face or is it the, the way his persona came across looking on instagram like obviously he he just looked stunning and i was like wow this guy's just gorgeous but yeah there's like a face that he does that that he, it just makes him look a little bit arrogant but then i sort of scrolled through and i saw some with his little niece and you know pulling faces so i thought oh there is a really nice layer to this guy and you know i liked everything that he wrote um and in class it, i don't know I, I find it found it quite hard to get a good idea of what he was like but I remember he had um you you had a cast yeah. he had a broken leg and he was hobbling around teaching um and that was kind of endearing in a way I was thinking oh that's that's quite a nice quality that he's he's not just you know laying on the sofa slobbing out at home but he's actually turned up to class despite having a broken leg and he's still here to teach so that was a nice quality but yeah, then I think we got chatting at the end, didn't we? My friend went up mm. to you because she talks to everyone. And I was like, yes, she's gone up to talk to Adam. And I think, I, oh yeah, then I was the creepy one and asked him about the head massage oil that he used at the end. I was like, I really like your head massage oil. Wh- which one is it and how do you make it? <laughs> and, and then, then we that, that developed that. into kind of a Facebook conversation at some point. I got like, you on Facebook. Like I was I? single as well for the first time in quite a while. And again, not looking for any relationship. Like in my mm. head, it was, I broke my leg. Lots has happened in my life. That was just after my dad had died. It was that period. My dad mm. had died. You know, I ended a relationship. I'd moved house twice. It was, all of that stuff was happening in my life at the time. I had a broken leg. Uh, and I wasn't looking for anything. I, I refer to that as your blues period, the time where you should, should really have written a blues song. Because <laughs> there was a period of a few months where... It's like, it's like how much can be put on someone is is one thing after another that that you know everything. But anyway, carry on. Like mm. I, you know, at the time, I was seeing a a counselor, which I think everyone should do. And I started to see that counselor solely because I kind of been convinced a little bit by my ex. I had a bad relationship with work. I worked too much. I had an unhealthy relationship with work. And as part of that, I thought, okay, well, I'll see a counselor and talk about my relationship with work. And I think every week he was like what what why have you got a black eye why have you now on one leg okay your dad your dad died what <laughs> he was he's like i haven't signed i haven't signed up for this i think he probably thought it was a counselor uh but yeah it's a funny period mm, god it's a lot isn't it but- when did you okay so yoga class turns into facebook conversation how did that tra- translate into did, did it translate into a date or did you meet his friends or what happened next I think it was I think what happened it was was left for a few weeks then I think at the time I was a little bit drunk on a Saturday night like sitting there with my leg up watching Netflix or whatever and I think Holly was out but then she messaged me or vice versa and then we just kind of chatted at late one night Mm. and uh, I think I said some I said we should have a curry sometime because we talked about curry and uh, Holly said, I thought you had a, a girlfriend. I was like, no, I don't have a girlfriend. That makes me look really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> no, no. I you... wasn't trying to steal <laughs> Holly just asked if I had a girlfriend. And then, uh, then it actually the first date was perfect. It was, we went bowling in like some one of those cool bowling lanes. 
I yeah, but I really didn't want to go bowling. But I thought I can't. I, I hate bowling. I'm so bad at it. <clears throat> and I knew. Yeah, me too. I'm oh, awful. are you? We should go yeah. bowling sometime then. I bet I'd still lose. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I Just knew... establish we don't want to do that anyway. <laughs> carry on. I knew even with a broken leg, he'd still beat me, and that's what was so depressing. So I said, as long as there's gin. Yeah. So we had like, we had like, cocktails. Went bowling. It's like a cool one in Bayswater. Then I didn't know the area and I thought, well, let's just go to Primrose Hill. Mm. And so we ended up going to Primrose Hill, like watching the sunset with some bottle of wine and then we had some food. It was really lovely. It was so nice. It was just, just flowed organically. But there's a, there's also quite a funny story in between. We came out of the bowling and it was a really beautiful sunny day. I think it was, well, I know it was April the 2nd, so it's coming up. Um, and I was sort of, I, I knew I fancied him. I was like, yeah, I really like him. And then... Um, but you know when you're not quite sure if it's reciprocated and we sort of stood outside had a bit of an awkward moment and then Adam was the one that was like oh should we go to Primrose Hill and I was like yes so it went in Sainsbury's and then just before we jumped in an Uber I looked down and we both still had our bowling shoes on so we had to we had to Brilliant. run back and I was quite tempted just to just to go anyway they're pretty cool but yeah so we had to go back or hobble back and, and then we didn't I think in a lot of relationships when people start, there's lots of game playing, isn't there, at the beginning? Mm. Well, I'm not going to text back first. I'm going to leave it 24 hours, 48 hours, mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what was nice for both of us is neither of us tried that. Mm. Like at the end of the first date, like, let's do this again. Let's get our diaries out and we're going to do it again. That was our day. And that was, I guess, that was from the rest of the relationship. It just it carried on like that. There was no playing. It was just, if one of them calls, don't leave it for five rings. Just yeah. answer the phone. Just boring, isn't it, after yeah. a while? And we we started very much from a place of kind of honesty and openness. Mm. I remember thinking you're both very straightforward people, so that it it makes a lot of sense. But isn't life so much simpler without game playing? It just, just I, I just don't get it myself. Oh no! I think it's it's exhausting. It's completely exhausting, yeah. isn't it, to play these games? And I guess when we're playing games, I guess part of it is our in, own insecurity. Mm, definitely. By, by 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 suggesting we don't really want to be with someone else, perhaps. We're making ourselves appear stronger and less needy. And safe as well. And I guess safe. The, only, the, only, the reason for not playing games or what allows us to play games, is or not play games, sorry, is that we are very confident in ourselves and who we are. And there's nothing. There's no, we don't feel that we need to hide behind anything, perhaps. And that comes, I think, from having to, a little bit of time on your own to 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 work on yourself. I think that's the best relationship. I think you are gonna. That's the best gift you can give your future partner to have time on your own to work on yourself, because. I know it sounds cheesy, but then when you learn to really kind of have that relationship with you and you learn to really love yourself, even the bits that you don't particularly like, then you can really ac accept and like all the parts, all the parts of your partner as well, if that makes sense. Um, I, I really agree with yeah. that. I really agree with that. I think it's really difficult for somebody else or to even have the expectation for somebody else to like you or love you more than you accept and like yourself mm, exactly mm. yeah exactly and i've got to a point where i really love myself <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what's coming out in your instagram this is what we're talking about before. so humble <laughs> no, no but... I'm, I'm 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 with you as well and i think i think the other thing i was going to say with with adam i think a lot of people don't realize is until you get to know him is he's got a very dry sense of humor so <laughs> yes. i think you take you know and, and I, I i'm like that as well so i think we we just sort of instantly understood each other but uh, that's nice I, I, I totally get where those misconceptions come from yeah and, and also i want to add that there is a much deeper layer to adam like i would never be with someone that is just you know arrogant and dry sense of humor full stop like he's got such a i hope you don't mind me saying this but it's proper soft little center inside like a really kind kind heart and i don't think people always see that side but i like to think that i've opened you up a little bit in that way i think i have you definitely hug people more now do i, <laughs> I oh, think maybe. so not right now but pre-covid <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you know i think holly yeah i think of course when you're with someone undoubtedly you become more like them and, mm. and it's just it's a whole like adage of you you become like the people you spend most of your time with and if you spend your time with people that bring you down because of their energy, you're going to have pretty down energy yourself. And mm. Holly certainly does the opposite of that. She brings me up. And of course, by being around her. Oh, yeah. Stop it. I think you, you guys are, Holly, I see you as the yin to Adam's yang and vice versa. Do you, do you guys see it that way as well? Yes, totally. And you know what? I have to be honest, right at the beginning of the relationship, I think it was date two. And, um, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, I'm dating this this yoga teacher. We're going to have like all these amazing like spiritual chats about the universe and all of this kind of stuff. You know what I'm like. And and then uh, 
we were walking along in Hyde Park and I think we were talking about the books that we were reading and, and uh, I said oh I thought alright great I'll open the conversation here and I was like oh I'm reading Gabby Bernstein um, The Universe Has Your Back and he went oh god <laughs> And from there, I was like, okay, so he's not that kind of yoga teacher then. And then he was like taking the mickey out of people. And Jane. that really, uh, Jane. Jane. Oh, no. Oh, should we tell? No, we shouldn't tell the story. But anyway, he was taking the mickey about everyone we were walking <laughs> past. On, you, know, you have to kind of put it into context now. Go on then, you tell the story of well, Jane. Well, it was uh, Jane doesn't a person that exists per se. We don't know someone called Jane. <laughs> it was just, it was like our date number three. We were just sitting in a park. It was like maybe Green Park. And there was just like a group of people and this girl had like a Diablo. Do you know that like circus and like throwing it up and down. I and think it was ribbons actually. Or she had ribbons just or jumping something. around as ribbons. Dancing. And none of her friends were engaging with her. I'm like, just Jane, like Jane, no one cares. No, you said What? He said he said <laughs> I was looking at her, like admiring her, just her freedom to dance with her eyes closed and stuff. And I, I think I said, Oh, look at her and, and he went, Yeah, do you know what she is? I said, What? And he went, single. <laughs> What, what an arsehole. <laughs> no, I was like, right, okay, he's not that kind of yogi. So at the beginning, I thought, oh, okay, I, I'm not, maybe the doorway's not open in this sense. But actually, as time's gone on, I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. It's, I learned so much from Adam and go on, you're going to say I'm not something. saying being an arsehole to anyone, but I think it's important to reveal your true self in a relationship as early as you can. Yeah. And, yeah, and and then you, and and you grow together. Yeah. And and maybe it means you actually have, fall, have to fall apart. But far better to be yourself in the beginning and realize you do actually like each other than realize that yeah. a year and a half down the line, when you actually become your true self, or actually even you spend a year cultivating a lie and trying to be someone else because yeah. that's exhausting. Yeah. And I think just to be yourself from the very beginning of a relationship, mm. kind of take it or leave it. And again, that I think only comes once you've had time alone to really know what you are and who you are. And we've opened each other up to different ways of thinking, haven't we? You know, I used to be really one way and you another way. And I think we're now kind yeah, of more integrated. Yeah, you used to be quite wrong. And I've introduced oh, you how to be right. <laughs> oh, always has to be right. <laughs> be nice. Be nice, Adam. You're, you're still, still young in your marriage. You'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. There's a couple of different ways we can go from here. And there's two things I'd really love to explore. So, uh, I mean, what, what one of them is... Uh, while, while we're here, I think, you know, let's let's talk about what, what do you guys think makes a good marriage or a good relationship? God, so many things. I think it's I think if you can get uh, the foundations off to a good start um trust obviously all the all the main things you know trusting each other communication is so important not festering over things but just being open and you know nipping things in the bud Adam's really good at that I can be a bit of a child when something upsets me I'll just kind of walk away and and have a little bit of a sulk which is what I'm learning to to conquer but he will just sort of say right let's have it out right now not that we argue a lot at all we don't but um he just wants to sort it out straight away and just would never go to bed on an argument. So I think communication is really key. Um, I think playfulness and fun and not taking, you know, stuff too seriously, making sure you're carving out that time to have loads of fun. Um, <clears throat> what else? You take over. I think it's just, it's the most important thing for me is recognizing when you're with someone in a relationship or marriage, you're significantly invested in them mm. and their happiness has a direct correlation to your happiness mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so if I do something to make Holly feel small or if I'm bitter, that's not going to help me because that's going to make Holly sad and my happiness is linked to that. So I'm going to be ultimately sad as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of realizing that, that we are a team and we have a very strong relationship and our, you know, our, our happiness and our life satisfaction depends on the other person being satisfied and happy in their own life mm -hmm. and so I think every day I think I treat it like a like work not in a bad way but go on say like, your vows say your wedding no, vows but, <laughs> no but I, I do treat it like a piece of work or like a piece of art I'm trying to create I want to do everything relationships take work and they take effort yeah and I think sometimes we can get comfortable in them and forget those things mm. and you know, I, I've certainly have had periods like that and I don't anymore because I accept that if you don't put work and active effort into things, then they fester. It's like, it's like a garden that doesn't get tended to. Yeah, totally. Mm. My friend said something really nice the other day. She said, there's no such thing as uh, having a neutral relationship. If you don't do something to nurture it every day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go backwards. 
Um, and I thought that was a nice way of looking and at it. And it's just a small things. Like in our last property, we kind of developed a habit of every single time one of us walked in the front door, Aww. whatever we were doing in the house, unless we were like in a shower, we would come and meet that, meet the other one at the front That's door. That's cute. And it became just something little that, you know, became sometimes a little bit of hassle. Like when you have to drop your cooking and run to the front door. <laughs> but little things like that, just showing each other on a daily basis, you appreciate each other and you care about how that person feels. Don't do that anymore though, do we? Well, no, the house is too big now. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find something well, else. Well, you're also uh, together all the time for this period, which which I'll oh, I know. get into in a minute. But what the stuff you're talking about, so it, it's really interesting because I don't, have you ever come across the Gottman Institute or or uh, any of that kind of no. stuff? No, what's that? I mean, you're, again, I wouldn't expect you necessarily would have, but he's a U.S. researcher, probably the leading U.S. researcher on marriages and relationships, but his approach is very, very data-driven. And um, I came across this stuff a, a few years ago, and it was so interesting because it was talk, talking about what makes successful relationships is not necessarily the things that we think, and it's not about the big grand gestures and mm. all of those sort of things it's much more about these little rituals that show support and that you're you're a team and that you've got each other's back and the, the kind of thing that you were both talking about and it's you, you know that that has struck me as something that's incredibly important and i've seen has become more important in my life in the last few years than perhaps when I was younger. Mm. And it's just interesting looking at the longevity of relationships and what makes them work. And there's some really surprising stuff in there as well along the lines of, you know, you don't have to agree on everything mm. and you don't actually have to have the same approach to, uh, you know, you can have a really successful relationship where one person is fundamentally very, very tidy and, um, uh what what's what's the word um uh not adhd but what, what's the ocd where everything has been straight lines and... ocd <laughs> ocd that's the one yeah well so somebody can be somewhere along that way and the other one may may not care whatsoever but actually you, you know you don't have to agree on all of those things and that was a big eye-opener for me the, the the idea that actually well we we can be different and stay different mm. but there's a there's a few things that we need to sort of find a consensus on that that naturally work and it's, it's the kind of things that you're talking about where you um have these little rituals and um shared understanding of things mm. i think it's important that, that your values match mm. you know i think the little things think around so, yeah. your values you can always kind of compromise on but as long as you've got those deep-rooted similar shared values then i think you can you can always make it work around that one thing i'd tell you add to that is something that really changed relationships for me as a whole was considering that things that you love about someone there's often something to be disliked on the opposite side oh yeah i love and this. you need to really appreciate that so for instance i love holly's ditziness sometimes and the fact <laughs> she's kind of quite innocent and cute but that of course the other side of that is sometimes when wants to, to get stuff done holly's all over the place <laughs> and and when, when i'm saying like have you looked at the excel spreadsheet holly no and absolutely not and never will so i think that's really important <laughs> to acknowledge that in, in everything you like about someone there's a double-edged sword there are there'll be corresponding characteristics on that same line that could be a cause of unlike and it's just a, making sure you really realize that but also flip it as well so the things you don't like you can think on the other end of that spectrum that this is the, the, i like that about you on the other yeah, side of it yeah and of course yeah. and like for me it could be that holly likes the fact i'm organized and get stuff done and etc etc but at the same time it means that i might be like very really reluctant to want to change plans and the like yes he does he gets very upset when the time of something changes it's like, but this <laughs> this is not in the diary when when was this discussed without me is it color coded but I, but I think that's an important really important <laughs> realization for everyone in the relationship in relationships mm. seeing as we're on this topic what what's the most annoying thing that the other one does God, are we going down this route? Well, you go first, Ollie, because I'm sure there's quite a lot. <laughs> um, God. Yeah, we've got a limited time, so just, just keep it to your top eight or nine, Holly. Eight, eight or nine. Right, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> actually, you just said something, Niraj, that made me th made me nod, and that is um, I'm a naturally very tidy person. I, I can't work if my space is cluttered. And um, Adam's so organised in, in so many ways, but honestly, if you look around his side of the bed, it's like there's been a tornado in the room daily. And I don't say anything, I don't touch anything. I'm just like, you know what? 
I've married this man. I'm just going to love him for his messiness and all. So I do. <laughs> that would be my one thing. This sounds really, but I can't really think of much, to be honest. Oh. Genuinely. People are throwing up now. No, but there there isn't that much, really. Because I guess, and this is important, I guess you develop a way of thinking where you see things for what they are and you see the person rather than the action to some Mm -hmm. degree. So there is nothing anymore, not that there ever really was, that really winds me up and makes me irritated because I see the person doing it and their motivation. And I guess that's something that yoga allows you to really do. You see things less on the, just a surface level, but you see the human behind it. Well, and, I can tell and, you something if you, that you get annoyed with me for. What? When Adam asked me to go and look for something for him, I, I'll go and have a look and I, I'm convinced I can't find it. So he'll have to go upstairs and look for it and it's just right there on the bed. I know that is irritating. Yeah, yeah that's there true. There you go. You always, get annoyed, <laughs> you always get annoyed with me for that. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you guys ever spent this much time together as you have over the last several months no 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 of course not no, no. not uh, not all day every day but we're quite lucky that pretty much from day one we pretty much stayed every night together well yeah but maybe like four nights a week maybe mm. but yeah it's 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 been like uh we moved from highgate north london and we were in a one bed, bed flat um, and it was nice because it was summer in lockdown, so we could get out a lot. Uh, but still, it was, I mean, it was difficult, wasn't it? Because our kitchen was tiny and we hardly had any space. So we had to really, um, I don't know, make it work. I think, and you're both trying to work from yeah, there exactly. as well. Course, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the difficult of all is, is less about relationship, but obviously the external factors, the things mm. that you can't train, you know, the fact you're trying to work and live in one very small yeah. space so it never was it never brought us any it didn't make us argue or anything but it just it just became exhausting the circumstances it's became exhausting complexity and yeah i mean i i totally understand how folks have got really fed up yeah. with the lockdowns because it um it's it's problematic when you're trying to juggle work and living and kids and whatever mm. else um i mean your, your lives have changed a lot i mean adam from teaching a a lot of in-person classes and regular international work and holly your stuff was very community focused with mm. soul stretched and yeah. very in-person as well so you've gone from very people focused lives like many people to to much less so so how's the adjustment been for you guys and what what have been the ups and downs of that i feel like we've been through a lot the last year haven't we um i think we've both been good at adapting and i think well again the reason is because we've got each other i think you can get through anything when you've got a good relationship and i think i'm naturally someone that will always look to the best anyway of the situation I'll, i'll make the best of what you know life has given us um so I'm lucky in that sense that I do kind of look at life with a positive attitude and Adam's the one that will kind of think of every situation first and then and then work around that um but yeah I mean we last lockdown we went through we went through a lot and I think it brought us closer together actually of anything you know we had uh, we had a lot of grief we had a miscarriage we had, we lost a we bought a kitten who was oh my god she just brought us so much joy didn't she mm-hmm. um and then around the same kind of time uh we we lost we lost her as well so it's such a roller coaster that it almost took our minds off being together 24 7 because there was so much to kind of deal with that um yeah, we just went on this little roller coaster together, and and I think it all brought us even brought yeah brought us even closer together. I think. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah, and then that kind of continued, of course, like selling a house, buying a yeah. house, moving. Was that then, was that part of the plan already, or or was it an accelerated plan because of lockdown? How, how did no, that no. Out? So in terms of moving from a small flat to to your it, house now, uh, the initial thought actually came about when Holly was pregnant. Yeah. We thought we, we, we do we want to bring up a kid here? Need more space. Yeah, we'd need more space. And actually, do we want, would we want to bring up a kid in London, even? And that's what made us it put the property on the market initially. Of course, the fact we were in lockdown made it feel like a, a good time as well to actually find more space. But that wasn't the driving force. And perhaps in another set of circumstances, you might have just looked for somewhere different in London, in a different area in London. But because we were thinking about family, we, we decided to go somewhere a little bit further out with far, with far more space. And then since then, I guess, you know, we've had ups and downs still, you know, the buying, I'm a buying and selling any property, especially a 17th century cottage is uh, is hassle. And then you're living with the parents-in-laws for a little while. Yeah. Then Holly had a, you know, 
Yeah, then I then yeah, I didn't announce it properly, but then I had an ectopic pregnancy, which actually ruptured inside me the first class back in January. So 2021 was um, kicked off not the way we wanted it, almost, which was a massive shock. Um, lost two liters of blood. Lost almost. two liters yeah, of blood. Really Adam serious. had to yeah, Adam had to call the ambulance, which rocked up first Monday back in January. So uh, that was that was a whirlwind. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's all been. It's been fine because we've been together and we've got through it all, haven't we? Um, and from, from, from a work, work perspective, which I guess... Yeah, we didn't even answer the yeah, question. Yeah, it was your kind of initial we? question. I went totally off on the tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess to answer that uh, initial question uh, about work, etc., mm. just speaking for myself, in, in, in a way, yes, it was hard. Uh, I suddenly, all my international stuff, which is actually where I made most of my income, was thrown out the window. You know, and I had to keep trying to rearrange stuff and then it got cancelled again and vice versa. But because I wasn't getting any government support just due to business setup, I had to work really hard from day one. So it started with just Instagram classes and it wasn't just one. It was maybe 10 Instagram classes a week mm. and then developed into Zoom and it expanded. So long before studios had me teaching for them, I was already kind of hustling a little bit online. We'd set up an online platform. So actually the workload hasn't really diminished. We've, I'm still probably teaching almost the same amount of classes I was before and workshops, maybe not quite as regularly because before I was going away every weekend, but still teaching quite a lot of online workshops and recording an online platform and a podcast and just trying to do all the promotion it requires. So the workload hasn't really diminished. The traveling, of, of course, has kind of reduced Hmm. And maybe the motivation has declined, you know, of course, only spending all your time in one house and not seeing different countries yeah. every weekend. But the workload hasn't gone down and it still is pretty high. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to it. Like I really, obviously, I really miss all my students because I built the community that I've got Soul Stretch. And I've been so lucky because so many of them have, one, come back from uh, leaving because, you know, a lot of people, it was based in Brixton before and a lot of people move away from London or whatever, so they can't come anymore. So it's been so wonderful to reconnect with all my old students that were with me a few years ago and they've come back. Um, and now I can make it a global thing, you know, so I've got students from all over the world, but I do miss, I miss them all so much. And and um, so that side of it is um, it's great because you can just roll out of bed and mm. we've got this amazing studio outside now, which we've been really lucky to have. Um, so loads of pros in that way. But yeah, it's just that human contact, isn't it? Being able to hug people and in, you miss the hugs. In a, ve Adam, in a very you? weird way. So in some way, it's brought me closer to some students because, you know, I, in a typical class, you know, people come and go quite quickly, especially because I teach so much, often don't really ask questions at the they end. They want a date. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. but and then online, I, you know, I can actually see people's name. I don't just learn their face. I kind of register their background, where they are, and it all helps me, me create more of kind of an identity for that person. People seem actually more willing to ask questions online mm -hmm. and more willing to interact than perhaps they would be in a studio full of people. So in a sense, for some students than myself, it's actually brought us closer. I know them better Aww. than I did before. Uh, but yeah, I'm not teaching as many people and it's, it's hard to plan for the future, isn't it? Yeah. As well at the moment, yeah. especially doing something where you're kind of self-employed, you know, like, do you align yourself with studios? Are people going to still want international teaching now they can kind of, or accustomed to practicing with anyone in the world online? Mm. Is that a good thing? You know, am I going to be increasingly irrelevant? <laughs> it's just, there's so many things to consider, you know, do I create an online platform? The online platform is going wonderfully, but in the long term, are people just going to look for the cheapest thing? And of course, there's so many cheap platforms out there that some of them I teach on that I can't compete with financially. So it's it's going to be very hard to know in the future what people want. So my view is just don't put all your eggs in one basket. Just keep working hard. Keep pushing it. And don't just expect things to fall in your lap. Everyone's situation is so unique, yeah. isn't it? You can't compare to, to anyone else. You just got to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, I guess. Mm. I think that's something that I picked up from you guys to, uh, around the start of the pandemic, which was that at, at the start, I think there was a lot of this idea of we're all in this together. And yet, yes, pretty much everybody on the planet is affected by COVID in yeah. some way or another, but we're not in it together because everybody's circumstance is so different. And I think that's actually quite useful to acknowledge that. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to just find our own path and for, for you guys mm. 
I think you're both fiercely independent and there's elements of this that really kind of suits that. But as, as you've quite rightly said, Adam, the, um, you know, going back to this idea that re relationships take efforts, I think, I think anything worthwhile takes efforts and, and that includes work. It includes your restoring your 17th century cottage, tending your garden, what, what, whatever it is. Man, yeah, definitely. Late. And I think it's it's worth saying, because I, I have to say, I used to be someone who would try something and give up after, you know, a few weeks because I hadn't seen it working at all. And I'm like, oh, it's not working. But what I've realised is that you, you're planting seeds and it's, it's consistency. Success is just doing those little things every mm. day. And eventually you just see this amazing garden grow just from, from all those little invisible seeds you've been planting. So if you, yeah, if you get called towards doing something, just, yeah, trust and keep planting those seeds and it's going gonna, it's gonna to work if you put the work in. Yeah. And it's always going to be it always looks amazing in hindsight and it always looks amazing when somebody from the outside is looking in yeah yes yeah well this is why we created the podcast yeah, really no, isn't indeed, it yeah. it's a nice segue yeah. <laughs> that i've just created <laughs> that gets us really nicely onto in a world of a gajillion podcasts what, who, whose idea was it to create a podcast and what what was the motivation behind it it was Adam's idea, actually. I think you were, and it was before lockdown happened. I think mm. you had the idea before. And um, I think he just sort of, you know, when you just naturally get inclined to do something different. And I think you, well, you're a great speaker and you wanted to kind of get yourself out there more in a different way. Um, and I was really flattered because he asked me to do it with him. And I was absolutely terrified because he's, you know, got a lot of opinions, as you know, and he's a, he's a good speaker and he'll, he'll say what he wants. And maybe I'm a little bit... Um, Less like that. So I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I felt nervous about doing it. But now I just, I absolutely love it because mm. we get to speak to, well, yourself included, Naraj, the most amazing, like inspiring people from all over the world and hear their stories. And that in itself has been such a dream. You know, we always come away from every conversation feeling like our soul's been lit mm. up and just feeling so grateful that people want to actually spend time talking to us and having these conversations. And then we get to also share it with the world and, you know, create a little bit of, education and inspiration and you never know who you're going to affect um you know one person could just say one sentence and it could change their life and the fact that we've got you know the voices and the platform to be able to offer that is just it's well it's a gift for us and hopefully hopefully for people who listen as well so yeah people so, love yeah. holly way more than me like holly's got the perfect <laughs> radio voice i i, I re like we've had so much feedback that people love holly's speaking voice like people oh it's, that means a lot to me like it's a really clean speaking well you, you've been obviously in a girl band and you did some t not tv stuff at you yeah you've got a very oh. clean voice hmm. now, i've even had one one uh one piece of feedback on uh what was it on apple that oh, what was this. it that Adam i hope he's is, listening arrogant adam is arrogant <laughs> and interrupts his guests and interrupts holly holly should do the podcast alone that's yeah one bit of feedback yeah look, look, I, I feel really bad about that one. I, I really it. <laughs> but, but, but i think as you say why did we do because the podcast did a hell of a lot of work to do properly yeah like we yeah. know we so the, just to people know the process of course we have to find guests that are good and a diversity of guests. You know, many people don't answer our emails. Like I was hopeful because, you know, we both of us have, you know, a reputation and where well, we were traveling to conferences. So I've got access to a fair, you know, a lot of, well, at least the yoga world, lots of like, relatively- you know, you know a lot of people as well. Yeah. 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 So we thought, okay, well, that's, that's hard work in itself. But, and, and even now, like having exhausted my immediate pool, finding more people and trying to get them to respond, but making sure there is diversity in who we speak to, et cetera, is hard work. But then beyond that, of course, it's then arranging it, making it happen, doing all the research. And after every podcast, Holly listens to it, makes full notes on the podcast. You know, then I then edit it. You know, we've you know, we've got the jingle in it. I, I think it's fairly well produced. Uh, and then, of course, it's the, making the graphics and the promo and mm. spreading it. Like a lot of work goes into it. You know, we, we're not really trying to monetize it per se. Like, you know, mm. yes, we have a life form code, which is just, you know, we're a life form ambassadors anyway. So we just kind of slotted that in there. But obviously it's not going to make us much money. I guess we wanted for people to kind of know us a little bit more. You know, mm. Instagram is relatively static and it's nice to actually have longer form conversations where people get to know a little bit more about us. That was a, that was a motivator. But I think it's important for people to realize whenever they listen to any podcast, you know, on any format, I guess an Instagram chat is a little bit different. But if it's a podcast where work has gone in, just how much work does go in 
for actually relatively little back. Now, of course, we love doing it. Uh, but like I you know, say to people that like wrote that review, <laughs> to mm. some degree, just how much work we put in to share conversation and wisdom that from other people, you know, from other people and spread that they around. Would, they, would, they just had a bad I think day. This is, it's a little bit of the culture of the internet, especially with anonymity. I think sometimes people don't realise, they, they think you've just, you know, recorded a Zoom and slapped it on the internet mm. and, and, and just don't realise. And I think it's definitely a problem that needs to be addressed and it'll be interesting to see how it's addressed but this idea that anonymity gives you the ability to say something you wouldn't probably say to someone's face yes totally Mm. that's so true you just got to ignore them because that's what they want isn't it they want because i always think you know people that say these things to try and tear you down there i feel honestly i feel bad for them because if you're a happy person you just you just don't do that you don't feel the need to tear other people down unless it's really valid and you know it's it's constructive feedback then we're all ears but if it's just to make you feel bad or you're saying you're this you're that then i think god what's happened in your life to make you or your day to make you feel like you need to project that anger onto us i'm sorry that you feel like this you know i'm sending you love and not gonna i'm not gonna rise to it basically that's that's the thing right there's definitely almost always some underlying pain there yeah exactly Um, and at the end of the day it can't be a really fun experience being that person exactly you know having been on the end of a lot of that kind of thing thing myself as well um, I i think i deal with it very well because it's it's really sort of you know not not in a condescending way it's empathizing with well what causes that to happen and realizing it's got nothing to do with you totally that's yeah. it yeah you've got to learn to not take these things personally what, yeah. what, are you what's, what surprised you the most about what's come out of the podcast mm, surprising no massive surprise i just have enjoyed the conversations more than i expected yeah and uh, uh, we've really tried to have honest conversations of course it's called honestly and balanced but what we've enjoyed and i think our guests have enjoyed is the fact the conversations are really free-flowing like we don't have we know we've, we, we've researched um yes we have some themes that run through the podcast uh multi you know, multiple uh episodes of the podcast but we want the conversation to be really natural and it's really lovely to see people open up gradually you yeah. know especially people that don't know us that well to gradually open up through the course of the 40, 50 minutes. And they're about halfway in, they're really, they're really, they're, they're really free flowing. Yeah. It's not, that, and that's been really, really wonderful and kind of humbling that people feel mm. like they can open up to us and really nice that we feel like we've created a space yeah. where people can do that. That is a really lovely thing, actually, to be able to hold space for someone to open up and, and share. And people really have. And it's an, it's actually an honor that someone feels that they can, they can open up with you in that way. Um, let alone you know have it broadcast out to the world as well and I think it's so important to you know there's this real side to social media where there's this comparison thing you know we all do it where we're scrolling and we're looking at people that you know have in quote marks the perfect lives and we you know we think we should be doing it better and we're not doing it as good as them and so it's so refreshing to hear that actually Mm -hmm. people really do have their own demons and struggles behind the scenes and it's not all um, you know roses and unicorns on the way to success it's actually it's 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 hard and it's full of ups and downs and it's people need the world needs more authenticity I think so it's been and one, one thing to add to that I think that's actually through the podcast I think we were like this anyway but through the podcast I think both of us have been more inspired to be more open generally uh, like about you know, whether it be us on social media speaking about our own lives or you know mm-hmm. the life of a teacher the realities of this or that I think we're both pretty open and candid and honest. Yeah. Scary, but needed. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. scary, needed. And yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I think all of these things you talk about, they're part of the beauty of life as well. Because if if we don't have the downs, if we don't have the struggles challenges and the effort, then you can't really appreciate the highs either. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, it's it, and, and I think p- people are really craving that kind of thing. We, we I, I think we're rapidly, or, or my hope is that we're rapidly moving out of the era of um, very glossed up social media existences, and and people are kind kind of sick of that now because yeah. we, deep down we know it's not real. Yeah, exactly. It's like pay, it's like okay. paid ads. Oh. Who who likes you know seeing those paid ads come up like sponsored well, who, who, who like oh, oh they, hang on to? hang on wants to be sold exactly to? Do, <laughs> they, do, we want, they... do we want help to buy something of course we do yeah those paid ads have paid for stuff in this house 
<laughs> hate them. <laughs> like, like, like for me, that like the in terms of paid ads. I don't like all paid ads, but for me, what paid ads are is through the course of probably me spending many thousands of pounds to build my social media over time through images. And then <laughs> the hell of a lot of work over many years, I've created a billboard, as it were. That billboard is mainly used to educate and advertise myself. But occasionally, I, one can rent space on that billboard. And as long as you rent, like for me, I, I make sure I rent the space in a way that is relatively authentic to me. So any products that, any products that I add on there aren't like, well, here's me advertising... What, like a PlayStation 3, which is completely irrelevant mm. and old. What's it on five or something now? Anyway, that's, right. that's a side thing. So I you think, get one, yeah. I think yeah. there is, there is, it's, they're not, it's not the dream to be able to do them, but sometimes the, the ads allow people to continue to produce wonderful content. And there's many accounts I follow, nothing to do with yoga. Like there's one which is the property renovation thing. And I know that their paid ads allow them to continue doing the work on this property and, Given the education, yeah, right, your major point. Let's yeah, I mean, I mean, I think um, I, I hope that our reaction to that was Holly and my reaction to that was a little bit tongue in cheek because yeah. paid ads can be done very, very well and yeah. very, very authentically, or like a lot of them, they're just in your face trying to s sell you something. Yeah, so, here's product. Uh, here's product in my hand. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It does this, and it's just copy. It's copy and pasted text from whatever the agency yeah. said. And then them. next week, it's a different thing, contradictory. Or, 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 the, anyway, or the next day. Yeah. Let's move on from that. Yeah. Anyway, we di we digress. So I, I I wish we could talk for another hour or two. Mm. Um, but maybe maybe one day we do an extended version of this. But mm. we're rapidly moving to, to towards our allocated time. So I've got a few quick fire questions because I know that that's something that you you guys do. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so uh yeah we'll, we'll start we'll start with easy ones um so uh mountains or beach oh who's going to answer these though should we take it in turns both of you each of you okay so you Joe's mountains or beach i'm surprising myself by saying mountains i thought beach would have come up but mountains came up uh, mountains yeah mm. mountains yeah i'm mountains as well mm. um a good book or a good movie Good, good movie we watched recently was a, a French one, Unstoppable. I don't think he's asking what movie. I think he's just saying, "Would you?" Oh, oh, sorry. Right, <laughs> you might as well. You might as well recommend it. Um, oh, what's it called? Yeah. Is it called Unstoppable? Um, it was a French film, I believe. Untouchable. Untouchable or Unstoppable. Something like that. And it was about a a, a guy, a very wealthy French guy in a wheelchair, uh, who had a uh, an immigrant look after mm -hmm. him and I've got it's called and it was it's hilarious and touching and wonderful yeah, really feel good but I would much given the chance I'd always rather read a book however watching a film is the root of least resistance <laughs> what about you Holly I love a good book oh but I do love a good film can I just say both depends on my mood yeah you can <laughs> both absolutely <laughs> favourite chocolate lint orange the dark one oh, that's oh, solid so good one that brings me most nostalgic joy is Bourneville oh I, yeah I remember this now yeah I, I love yeah, posh, posh dark chocolate's lovely but Bourneville is just mm. is that because you're, you're from Birmingham well, so is Newman's from Birmingham no <laughs> yeah we're, we're both so before you take the mick out of that one Holly, um, <laughs> silent <laughs> although I don't share the I mean we, we, we grew up quite near to Bourneville but um, yeah I, I never got into the main Bourneville chocolate so yeah that, that that's definitely where we differ um <laughs> a really amazing question that you guys ask your guests is something like what's the best investment that you've made recently of like a hundred pounds or less that's adam's question yeah i it? think i stole that from tim ferris and, and so yeah, episode, yeah. But, but it's <laughs> wonderful isn't it but uh, it's a good question yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great question i love that i i think i stole it no i, I stole it uh, <laughs> Best, inv best investment recently, it's called it the AnySharp, and it's a knife sharpener, and it's made by the same guy that makes the AeroPress, who's also the same guy that made the Frisbee, uh, and it's just genius. It's kind of like it's a little suction thing. It just sucks onto a kitchen surface, and you just slide the knife up and down, and it sharpens any knife really easily, like oh, a genius I've, invention. Oh, why have I not seen this? You have. You told me off for using it at the AnySharp. I told you what for using. <laughs> yeah, it, it exists. Oh, I don't understand so what this thing is. It's called the AnySharp, and it's really cheap. It's like 20 quid or, some, or something. Never seen him use it, but no. anyway. No. I was shopping my bayonet with it the other day. No, all right. <laughs> well, for me, um, gosh, an investment under £100. 
Well, this is an investment into my happiness. It's a giant tub of Manny Life peanut butter. And if you're a peanut butter fan, you will never eat another peanut butter brand until you've had Manny Life. Life changer. What makes it different? Well, the taste of it. Oh my God, it is so good. It's like the perfect consistency. And I think it's only two ingredients. I think it's literally just nuts and something else. Can't remember what it is. <laughs> something good for you though. Um, and it's the way it's roasted. I think it's from like a family run farm in Argentina or something like that. Probably got that totally wrong, but it just tastes amazing. Happy every day with yeah. a spoonful of that. Yeah, have to check that out. I just, I just want to rewind slightly. Adam, you said you've got a bayonet. Yeah. I've got a collection of weapons. Oh, God. Holly, Holly, Holly. I was going to ask, because one of your podcasts I listen to, I think you got an axe delivery halfway through, and I, I thought it was a joke, and <laughs> it was actually real. <laughs> that axe has been wonderful. So when we got this garden, this garden had quite a lot of ivy, and there was just me going around as a machete and my axe, hacking away ivy. I, I, I don't know what it, I've got yeah, quite, quite a lot through the house. I've got like a fireman's axe, a bayonet, I've got an air rifle. Yeah, part scary. of it, part of it is just me. I just appreciate them. And a lot of them are old and maybe my dad had some of them. But part of it as well is kind of security as well. Like I, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that thinks about everything that could happen in every situation yeah. in, in actually kind of an undesirable way. It means that yes, I'm prepared. So if something happens, both good or bad, I've rehearsed it in my head. And that, that means like log things logistically that might happen in the moment, but equally someone dying or a family member dying. I've, I've rehearsed every scenario in the head. Is, is and it's almost, so I was gonna say, it's almost compelled to when you play a chess match and, you know, people who are good at chess think about multiple moves ahead. I don't just think about multiple moves. I think about uh, if I lose a match, what would happen? What would people think of me? If I lose a match, where would I go? Would I celebrate with a cocktail? Like, it's everything that could happen and it is completely draining. But coming back to that, it, I, I I like security. So I have little bits around the house. Like if someone broke in, I got this there, I got a mallet there. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to stab someone. So at least I have like a, a sort of more <laughs> solid object to hit someone with at that point. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? I think that's a podcast episode all in itself. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it could, it could it could just be Adam interviewing other weapons enthusiasts about yeah, like survival enthusiasts. What do they call the, the peppers? Like the peppers for nuclear war, and they have like bunkers in their back garden and food storage. Uh, just imagine that. I, I'm not even going to be disparaging about it because in last year that. The, the amount of people who are doing those kind of things must have gone up exponentially. But also, I don't think it's such a bad thing that people have learned how to become a bit more self-sufficient again. Mm, yeah, no, indeed. I actually bought... No, no, I went to a local air rifle shop to get my air rifle serviced. I haven't used it since I was with my dad as a child. But I thought, you know, I'd like it to work again. And I was chatting to the owner, and it was in Highgate in London. And he said, since the lockdown i think when people thought we could be fighting for food etc he's like he sold so many baseball bats like <gasps> metal baseball bats wow. for security and, and he sold so many it's like the busiest time it's ever been for him people buying air rifles and catapults and baseball bats and stuff this is <laughs> taking a dark turn can we swear <laughs> <laughs> we can swear Let, let's let's go let's go back to something a bit more positive and, and a really good question i think to end the conversation on as fingers crossed things are starting to look a bit brighter and um we start coming out of i think the worst restrictions what what are you each looking forward to the most for me i i, I cannot wait to go to like a summer festival with bunting and music and drinks outside with friends and just you know like that carefree fun like hugging people again and yeah just those really simple things that when we haven't been able to do oh, i can't wait for that I always have a craving of being in water, like being in natural water, whether it be like a lake or the ocean or something. Uh, that's what I have real, real desperation for that. I guess for me in some way that represents freedom, mm. like jumping in a body of water. It's coming. Awesome. Awesome. I, th I think definitely a lot of us are craving these simple things that we might have taken for granted before. Well, mm. look, th thank you so much for asking me to do this i'm very uh you know very very flattered and uh, it's been a great conversation thanks Thank so you much so for doing much. it honestly unbalanced